Good morning, gentlemen. <clears throat> today's daf, Maseches Nazir, is daf Mem Hey, 45. We're going to discuss today two main parts. The first part we're going to discuss today, which is the Mishnah, and the first part, which is Mem Hey Amud Aleph, is a discussion which of the Karbanos that a Nazir Tahar brings is the one that he brings in association with the shaving, i.e., which one permits him to shave, essentially. What's brought first? We'll have a machlekis about that, and then drushes that come from that, which relate to the place that the Nazir shaves his hair at the conclusion of his process as well. And then, on Memhemud Beis, we'll bring in the second point of the day, which is a discussion as to which type of Nazirim actually would put their hair under the pot of cooking uh, meat in the Beis HaMikdash. We'll see that there's basically two factors, which is if it's a Nazir Tahar versus a Nazir Tameh, as well as if he shaved his hair in the Lishkas HaNazirim where he's supposed to, or he shaved it in the Medina, which is also possible in Yerushalayim in general, but not in the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so just as means of introduction before we start, just a quick recap. We know there are two kinds of Nazirim who are required to shave their hair. We have what we discussed yesterday really on Memdalid, the Nazir Tameh. He became Tame midway through his Naziros, and in order for him to continue and restart, really, he has to undergo seven days of Tahara, shave his hair on the seventh day. We spoke also yesterday about Hazah, sprinkling on the seventh day, Mikvah on the seventh day, and then he brings Karbanas on the eighth day. That's Naziris of Tumah, meaning where he has to go through this process to become Tahor again and recount. He does shave his hair as well. But then we have the classic scenario, which is Nazir Tahar. Nazir Tahar means that the fellow accepted Naziros. He was a Nazir for 30 days, classic case. And at the end of 30 days, he comes to the base on Mikdash which is with his three Karbanas. And with those three Karbanas, he will have to, as we're going to see in our Mishnah, bring the Karbanas, which allows him then to cut his hair. We're going to see it only really needs one in order to allow him to do that, because otherwise, as a Nazir, he's not allowed to cut his hair. So he has to bring at least one of those karbanos. Lechatchila also sprinkle the blood of that carbon. So shecht it, sprinkle the blood, and then he's allowed to shave his hair. And as we're going to learn today, the hair would be utilized in a very particular way, burnt under the pot of the shlamim. Let's say this is going to be this is going to be somewhat debated, but and then as our mission is about to tell us, we're going to see where also that would take place. So let's jump right into the Mishnah now. It's the Mishnah towards the top of Memhei Amud Aleph. And the Mishnah tells us as follows. Taglachas HaTahara Ketzad. What is the process of the Taglachas, the shaving the Nazir must perform when he's undergone a perfectly pure Nazirus? Says the Mishnah. So he had to bring three animals. Right? Unlike the Nazir Tambe, who would bring two birds and one large animal, the Nazir Tahor brings three behemoths, three large animals, to the Beis HaMikdash at the end of his 30 days. Chatas, which was a female lamb. Oila, which was a male lamb. Vishlam and a ram. Vishoycher shlamim. He would shecht the korban shlamim. This is the first opinion of our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda says that in order to shave, he must first bring the korban shlamim, slaughter it, umigalech aleim, and then he could shave his hair following the shlamim, in conjunction with the shlamim. Devrei Rabbi Yehuda. These words are Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Elazar says, No. 
he would first shech the carbon chatas, and he would shave his hair following the carbon chatas. And why does Rabbi Elazar, Elazar say that? Shachatas kaidemes bechal makom. Because the chatas, whenever you have an order of carbonos that need to be brought, and one of them is a chatas, in general in the Torah, chatas is brought first. Since chatas is brought first, here also chatas is brought first. It's what allows him to shave his hair. Then he'll shave his hair following the chatas. Concludes this point says the Mishnah, but everyone would agree, if he shaved his hair following any of the three karbanas, right? so in the case of the Nazir Tahar, which means he brought the either the Chatas, the Ola, or the Shlamim, in any of them, in any, in any event, it would be effective. Yatsa, he's still Yatsa in terms of the shaving. It wouldn't uh, remove his capacity to be Yatsa. Fine. Final point of the Mishnah, which is somewhat unrelated. We quoted this earlier in the Masechta. We were talking about the necessity or lack thereof of dedicating animals for particular purposes and then monies being used that were or were not dedicated. So Let's say a fellow brought three animals to the base of Mikdash and he didn't clarify what each of the animals is to be used for. So we're allowed to use our seichel and say, based on the animal type, gender and animal type, species, you can utilize it for its intended purpose, as that's self-evident. Therefore, the female lamb, which is fit for the carbon chatas, tikra of chatas, that's brought as the carbon chatas of the nasser. The male lamb, which is meant for the carbon oila, tikra of oila, it's brought as an oila. And the shlamim, the one that's fit for the carbon shlamim, which is the ram, tikra of shlamim, will be brought as the shlam. You don't need the particular designation, it's still effective. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to start with a brisa that really... Uh, discusses the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. See, Rabbi, Rabbi, Lazar, Rabbi Lazar in our Mishnah explained his opinion. Why would it be that the chatas is brought first, allowing the shaving to follow? Because in general, if you have different korbanos, the chatas is brought first. But the Rabbi Yehuda said the shlamim is brought first. If you look in the psukim, the shlamim is actually listed last in the order of the korbanos. So why would the shlamim be brought first in this situation? Dan says, The Torah says, the Nazir would shave his hair at the entrance of the oil mayid. Bryce is going to go with Rabbi Yehuda's sheet, and it says as follows. When it says Pesach oil mayid, it cannot be taken literally, as we're going to see, because to shave your hair at the entrance of the oil mayid, entrance of the Azar, that would be considered a bizayon. That would be considered a disgrace to the Shechina that resides within. So therefore, it must be Pesach oil mayid as some other connotation. So let's see this inside. When it says Pesach Oel Moed, it's really a reference to the Karban Shlamim. The shaving is done in conjunction with the Shlamim. Shenemar, because in Parshas Vayikro, when it talks about a Karban Shlamim in general, it says, Veshachadu Pesach Oel Moed. It uses the same language. It says, It is slaughtered at the entrance of the Oel Moed. And therefore, when it says that same language here, it's a hint, but that's what it's referring to that it was actually, sh- your hair was shaved in conjunction with the Karban Shlamim. Atta Omer continues the Brisa. You want to insist that the words Pesach Ol Moed is a reference to shaving of the hair in conjunction with the Korban Shlamim. Maybe really what it means is Kipshuto, like the simple Pshad, that the Nazir would cut his hair at the entrance of the Ol Moed. So the response to that, says the Brisa, is Amrit. The response you'll say back is Imkain, Derech Bezayonhu. Now let's go with the Gra's gears here because it just flows nicely. So take a look at the Gra Ois Aleph here. Imkain Derech Bezayonhu. If so, that's considered a disgrace. 
Now the garage, you have to add in the words the Gemara says. And we know, meaning it's a disgrace to cut your hair at the entrance of the Oel Moed. Right? The Oel Moed is not a barber shop. And and the Torah tells us, now you have to look back in the Gemara, we know at the end of Parshas Yisro, there's certain mitzvahs listed at the end of Parshas Yisro that seem random, but obviously they're meant to be placed there. And one of those mitzvahs is that when you build the Mizbeach, it can't be built with steps. You need to build a ramp to ascend to it and not steps. And the Rishonim there explained, what's the reason? Rashi explains, because if you would build steps, then when the Kohanim would walk up the steps, they would have to extend their stride slightly. And even though they were wearing undergarments, it would be as if they're showing erva, they're showing their private parts to the Mizbeach. So it would be a level of lack of respect to the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says as follows, the Torah tells the end of Yisro, you shall not ascend to the Mizbeach with a, with a steps, rather you should build a ramp. And that's because there's some level of disrespect to the Mizbeach that would occur if you would walk upstairs. So the Gemara says this, and if that's true, certainly then the Torah would not teach us something is allowed to be done that is an outright disgrace to the Ol Moed, i.e. to take a haircut at the entrance of the Ol Moed. So it must be then, says the Gemara, and let's add in the words like the Gra learns now, that's the end of Rabbi Yoshia's opinion in the Brisa. That's what, what would emerge now according to Rabbi Yoshia is that the reason Pesach Ol Moed obviously is a reference to the Shlomim and is not a reference to actually being shaved at the entrance of the Ol Moed is because that would be a bizayon. And we learn from the fact that you build a mizbeach with steps and with, with ramp and not steps, that you can't even show a disrespect, certainly not a bizayon. So it's Pashat then, Pesach Ol Moed must mean Shlamim. This is a support to Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah, who says that the uh, shaving was done following the Karban Shlamin. But Enochinami, let's just point this out, where was the shaving actually done? So the shaving was actually done in the Lishkas Nazirim. Lishkas Nazirim was a chamber off to the side, which is where they would cook the Karban Shlamin. That's also where they would cut the Nazir's hair, and then as we'll learn later, put it under the pot in order to cook the Karban Shlamin using it as fuel. Now take out this brackets. Even though we usually read brackets and skip parentheses, we're going to skip this brackets because Rishonim here seemed to say that this was added in by Talmidim later, but it's not actually meant to be in our sugya. It quotes a medrash that has a different girsa in this, uh, these rayas, but we'll skip it for now. Continues the Gemara. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says another raya. He says like this, you don't actually need to use the reference of Pesach Ol Moed defined by Shlomim to imply that here it can't be taken literally that the Nazar would cut his hair at the entrance of the Ol Moed. Why? Because Areyu Oimer, because the Pasuk says in regards to the Nazir, extra words. It says, or he takes the hair after it's shaved, the hair of his Nazirus, and he'll put it on the fire. Now those words are extra because it could have just said, it didn't have to say So why does it write those words extra? And the way we are going to expound it now, says Rabbi Yitzchak is, What it wants to imply is that the taking of the hair and the placement of the hair has to be in one continuous motion. There can't be a separation of time or a separation of other actions in between. But that would exclude the simple pshat in the Pasuk, that you would cut the hair at the Pesach Ol Moed and then take the hair to the Lishkas Nizirim to put under the pot of the Shlamim to use it as fuel to cook the Karban Shlamim. And therefore, that would exclude the simple pshat in the Pasuk, which is you'd have to actually cut the hair at the Pesach Ol Moed, 
take it over to Lishkas Nazirim, putting it under the Shlamim there. Obviously, the Pshat must be. It's not a reference to cutting at the entrance of the Oel Moed. Rather, it's saying you would cut the hair in the Lishkas Nazirim. The, the, the fact that it says uh, Pesach Oel Moed is not a reference to the simple Pshat, which is that it's cut there. It's really a reference to the Shlamim, but you don't need to bring a Raya from Pesach Oel Moed like it says by Shlamim, because it's obvious from the extra terminology in the Pasuk. Okay, continues the Gemara. Ikeda Amri. Now there's just another version of this, Rabbi Yitzchak, but it's the same idea. Rabbi Yitzchak, Oimer, Bishlam Makasuv Medaber. Again, that it's obvious that when it says Pesach Oel Moyed, it means that you would cut your hair after the Karban Shlamim specifically. Ata Oimer, Bishlam Makasuv Medaber, Oeno El Pesach Oel Moyed Mamish. Perhaps what it means is El Pesach Oel Moyed, you would actually cut the hair at the entrance of the Oel Moyed. Talmud Lomar, therefore the Pasuk says, as we said before, Belaka Chastarosh Nizro, he takes the uh, Nazirus hair that is on his head, and we darshan from this, Malkum Shayim Evashel, the place that he would cook the Karban Shlamin, which is in the Lishkas Nazirim, Sham Hayim Egalech, he had to also cut the hair there. So there was this one continual motion, again, it's a reference to the location that he would actually cut his hair, was where the Shlamin is being cooked, not simple Pshat of Pesach Ol Moed, and therefore it's another Raya that it doesn't mean actually at the entrance, but rather it was cut in the uh, Lishkas Nazirim, and this follows again the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says in our Mishnah that the Shlamim would pre- precede the haircutting. Fine. Now, Gemara moves on now with two other drushas that come from this same Pasuk, and the Rishonim speak out over here. These next two drushas could actually go according to Rabbi Lazar in our Mishnah's Shita. Rabbi Lazar in our Mishnah seemed to say that after the Chattas they would cut the hair, not like Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah. So comes along Abachanan. Abachanan Omer Mishum Rabbi Eliezer. Abachanan says, Name Rabbi Eliezer. Vigilach Hanazir Pesach Oil Moed. That the Pasuk tells us, as we quoted above, a riot of Yehuda, that the Nazir would cut his hair at the entrance of the Oil Moed. So we don't actually expound the Pasuk to not mean entrance of the Oil Moed, because that's. Uh, Meaning he agrees that it wouldn't be at the entrance of the Oel Moed, but not necessarily would it mean following the Karban Shlamim as Rabbi Yehuda interpreted based on the sheet as we just quoted. But rather, the way we explain Pesach Oel Moed is a different drasha. Right, it wasn't at the entrance of the Oel Moed, but rather, Kolzman She'ein Pesach Oel Moed Pasuach, whenever the Oel Moed was not open, when it was not operational, Eno Megaleach. That's the emphasis of Pesach. It has to be pasuach. The oil moed has to be in functioning, which means if it's nighttime and the oil moed wasn't in functioning because it was only functional from morning till afternoon time, till a late afternoon, the point is that's not a time that you're allowed to cut your hair. So this is a different drasha. And this could go with Rebbe Lazar's opinion who holds that they would actually cut their following the chattas. It's not a reference to cutting their following the shlamim, but it doesn't mean either that they would cut the hair at the entrance of the oil moed. It was a different drasha to teach us that it had to be cut at a time when the oil moed was in function when the Beisai Mikdash or the Mishkan was in functioning, which means during the day. In the final opinion, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Omer, and Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, the Rush speaks out, he's actually arguing entirely on our Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri argues and says, actually, that Pesach Oel Moed could be interpreted kipshuto, that the haircutting was done at the entrance of the Oel Moed. And the drush from the Pasuk, you don't dash from those words Pesach Oel Moed, because that's pshuto. You would cut the hair at the entrance. He doesn't hold it to Bezayon issue. So what, but, but what drush do we learn from the other part of the Pasuk? Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Omer, the Gilach Hanazir Pesach Oel Moed. The emphasis in the word Nazir. Nazir refers to the male Nazir. The Nazir will cut his hair at the entrance of the Oel Moed, Velo Nazira, but not the female Nazira. Not the female Nazir. The female looks 
accepted Naziris on herself. Turning to Memhamud Bez, Shema Yisgaru Ba Pirche Kehuna. Because if she would uncover her hair to cut it in the Beis Hamikdash, then it would be considered, meaning it was done at the Pesach Olamah, like the Nazir, so then it would cause a, a, a arousal in the Pirche Kehuna, the young Kohanim, and that would be an issue of Tznias, which could provoke them, and that's an issue. Now there is a Machlokas Rishonim here, so what does it mean to exclude? Some Rishonim here learned that when it says she doesn't do the haircutting, it means actually she wouldn't do it El Pesach or El Moed, meaning but she could do it outside somewhere in a private place, but not at the entrance, not in a place where people would see her in the Beis HaMikdash, etc., because that would cause arousal. Other Rishonim actually learned she wouldn't cut her hair at all. That's Machlekes Rishonim. But either way, to some degree, she's excluded from the normative halacha of cutting hair, because it would be an issue of provoking the young Kohanim, arousing their Yetzir Hara. Asks the Gemara, Omar Lai. So they said to Reb Shimon Shizuri, According to your words, Saita Tachiach. But look at the Raya from Saita. Next Masechta. Actually, Saita is Mamish Nagea to this week's Parsha. We said that when the Jewish people did the Egel Azov, as the lowest level of punishment, but one of the levels, he ground up the Egel Azov and he gave it to the people who didn't have uh, Edom and Asra to drink. And uh, if they were actually, if they committed the crime, they they died like a sota, because to a degree it was like straying from Hashem, like a wife from her husband. So they said to her, but according to your words, that your chayshish, that this uncovering her hair and cutting her hair in the Ol Moid will cause an arousal in the Kohanim. Sota why don't you bring a raya from Sota? in not so it tells us about the Sota as well. Stand her in front of Hashem. And they would do this entire process, which included uncovering her hair, uncovering her clothing. She was uh, on full display. We're not there's no concern. Shema Yizgaruba that it would arouse the Pirche Kehuna. So why are you concerned over here for that? And you're therefore d- excluding her from the normal process of cutting her hair. So responded to those people who asked, there, there's a major distinction between them. Zu, when it comes to the Nazira, she's coming at the end of her Tahara process, meaning the end of her Nazirus process, sorry, and it's a day of celebration for her. She's uh, completed her Nazirus. There's not, it's not a, a sad day. It's not a day of embarrassment. So she would come, she would come with eyeshadow and cosmetics looking good. That can cause arousal in the Pirche Kahuna. Zu, but the Saita, actually was the opposite. Not only would she not wear cosmetics, but the Gemara says they would be menavel her. Gemara and Saita teaches us, Mishnayas teach us, that they would specifically go out of their way to disgrace her. Therefore, we're not concerned by the Saita of arousing the Pirche Kahuna. We are concerned about that by the Nazira, and therefore the Pasuk is telling us, Nazir vele Nazira, she would not engage in the shaving. Again, Machlekes Rishayin, to what degree? Fine. End of point number one. Let's move on to the second point of the day. Now we're going to discuss, in this next sugya, that the idea was when the Nazar would shave his hair, he would take his hair and put it under the pot, we're going to see, of the Shlomim, the Chathila at least. There is going to be a Machlekes here, which type of Nazar in what scenario would actually put it under the pot. And then we're all going to have another discussion in our Gemara, further process of the hair in regards to the um, cooking, what they would do with it. So cooking class today, says the Mishnah. When the Nazir would shave his hair in the Beis HaMikdash, he would take the hair of his head and he would place it under the pot of the meat of the Korban Shlom that's cooking in the Lishkas HaNazirim. And it would be used as fuel to cook the Korban Shlomim. 
However, that's only where he cut his hair in the Beis HaMikdash. If he cut his hair in Yerushalayim, outside of the Beis HaMikdash, which is acceptable, he would not throw it under the pot of the Shlomim cooking in the Lishkas Nazirim. Rather, he would bury it because it is something that's Kaddush, it's Asr and Anna, and he would just bury it. Bamed, Devar, Mamurim, continues the Chachamim in their Shita. When is this true? When the Nazir we're talking about is the ordinary Nazir underwent his proper process at the end of it, he cut his hair in the Beis HaMikdash under the pot, cut his hair outside of the Beis HaMikdash, bury it. If we're talking about the Nazir became Tami midway, and he's on the seventh day and he has to cut his hair, across the board, even if he cut it in the Beis HaMikdash, he wouldn't put it under the pot of cooking meat. Now, it's just important to point out over here, the Nazir Tami didn't bring a Karban Shlamim, he brought a Karban Asham in place of the Shlamim. There was the Oyla Chattas, which are the same, um, and then there was a Karban Asham. But either way, he wouldn't put it under the pot because... Uh, Nazir Tomei is restricted across the board, even if he cut his hair in the Beis HaMikdash, according to the Chachamim. So it emerges then, according to the Chachamim, the only type of Nazir and scenario that he would put the hair under the pot to use as fuel is if it was a Nazir Tahor who, put his ha- who cut his hair in the Beis HaMikdash. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir is more inclusive. In every scenario, they would put it under the pot to cook, which means if it's in the Beis HaMikdash cut, even if he's a Nazir Tomei, or if it was cut in the Medina, as long as it was a Nazir Tahor. You need just one factor in the benefit. The only case that he would not put under the pot is if it was a Nazir Tameh who cut his hair to a double detriment outside of the Beis HaMikdash. That type of scenario he wouldn't put under the pot, he would bury the hair instead. Beautiful. So Remeir is more inclusive in terms of what's allowed to be put under the pot. And Be'ez Hashem, at the end of the sugya today, we'll go back to these two sheets and add a third. Okay, let's go through the process a little bit here. We said in the Mishnah, they would take his hair and put it under the pot. So Tan Rabban, the Brisa elucidates a little bit more, elaborates on the process of the hair being used as fuel. The Brisa says, They would cut off his hair, and then, this is not mentioned in the Mishnah, they would take some of the gravy of the carbon shlamim that's cooking, and they would put it on the hair that they had just shaved from the Nazir. And then they would put the hair infused with the gravy of the Shlamim under the pot to be used as fuel. All right, we got cooking 101 over here. It's exciting. Continues the Brisa. If they put the hair Instead, under the pot cooking the chatas or the asham, it couldn't be the ola because the ola is burnt entirely on the mizbeach. So yotza, the brisa says yotza. Now there's an issue with the language we just said because we're talking about a nazar tahor. A nazar tahor wouldn't bring the carbon asham. So the gemara right away interjects with his brisa. Asham benazar tahor ika. Is there a carbon asham brought with a nazar tahor? So Marav Rav explains like this. Hachikam, what the brisa means to say is there's two categories here. In regards to the Nazir Tahor, so if he put it under the Shlamim, it's Lechatchil acceptable. If he put it under the Chatas, it's acceptable as well. Bidiyevet. Oil is not an option, it's burnt entirely. Kalil. When it comes to the Nazir Tameh, it's a separate category. In regards to him, the Im Nazir Tameh, if it was the Nazir Tameh, Mishaleach Tachas Shal Asham, he can throw it under the pot cooking the carbon Asham, Yatz, and he fulfills his obligation. Now, there's different ways the Rishonim explain this, so let's just go with one of the approaches. One of the approaches is 
that this follows the opinion who says when it comes to a Nazir Tameh, he would actually not put it under the pot altogether. So then it's saying, Yatsa, even if you do put it under, L'chari, you're still uh, Yatsa. That would be the point. There's other ways of learning this as well. But the bottom line is saying, even though you're not supposed to ideally, if you do it, you're Yatsa. Continues the Gemara. Minani Mili. Well, how do we know about this process? Let's go through the rayas now, the proofs to this process. That again, we need to prove a couple of points here. We need to prove if you put it under the other types of carbonus or yaitse, as well as what the Brisa says, which is if you put gravy on it. Where does this come from? So Amar Rava, Rava says like this. Amar Kra. Pasik tells us by Nazir. Asher tachas hashlamin. It says by Nazir that he would put it in the fire that is under the zevach hashlamin. Keyword being zevach, because it could have just said they would put the hair under the shlamin. So the way we darsh in the Pasuk is, Some of the zevach also goes under the shlamim, under the pot that's cooking the shlamim. Well, what does it mean? It can't be referring to the meat of the carbon shlamim, that you take that and put that underneath, because it's usher to burn meat that's edible, uh, that's edible carbonus for, for, and not, not consume it. So it must be it's referring to the gravy, that you put some of that on the hair and you put that under the shlamim pot. Let's continue with the second point. So we said by the Nazar Tahar, if you put it under the, or Asham by the Nazar Tameh, you put it under the other pots, you would be Yaitse as well, using the hair as the fuel there. My time, but what's the source for that, Amar Again, the same source. It says Zevach, Asher Tachas Zevach Hashlamim. It's an extra word. What is it referring to? It's a different carbon. Zevach Kama Hashlamim. If you put it under the other Zevach, the other carbonos, it's also effective, and you can use that. That is fuel in that case, but the Yevid, it's not an issue. We already used the word Zevach to teach us you use some of the right of the gravy in the process, put on the hair, and then put it underneath. How can you also use it as a reboy that you could put it under the pots of the other carbonos to be right of the Yevid? Gemara answers in Cain because if it was only for the drush of right of, it should have said right clearly in the Pasuk. My Zevach, why does it use the word Zevach, which only implies right but is not Mephorish? It must be it saying there's other types of zivachim, other types of korbanos that you can also put it under, and you're still yaitze. So the Gemara says, but maybe if that's so clear that it's referring to the other korbanos, so maybe it's entirely for that drasha. How do you know that it includes now that you put the roitiv on the hair and put it underneath as well? If so, if it was only for the drasha of the roitiv, it should have written shlamim vizevach. And then you would have understood you could put it under the shlamim or you could put it under the other karbanos. My zevach hashlamim, it groups the words together. So it also implies the concept that some of the shlamim's roitiv is put on the hair and then put under the karbanos, under the pot. The point is, is that by writing in an ambiguous way that has dual implication, you could expound both rushes. Final point of the day, and this is really just a, a continuum from what our Mishnah had a Machlaikis or Mayor and the Chachamim, we just add another third sheet here as well. First we have the Chacham Shita, which is like our Mishnah. Excuse me, Rameir is the first shita. Everybody would throw the hair under the pot. Unless he is both points against him, which is that he was a Nazar Tameh, as well as the fact that he shaved his hair outside of the base of Mikdash, in that case his hair will be buried, it wasn't used as fuel, it was not used as fuel for his Karbanos Divrei, Rabbi Meir, so Rabbi Meir is much more inclusive. He says everyone's allowed to, as long as you have one of the positivities, either it was a Nazar Tameh, 
in the base Hamikdash where he shaved, or it was an Azar Tar, even though he shaved out of it, unless you have two points against you, which is you shaved outside and you were an Azar Tameh, only then would you not be allowed to use it as fuel, and you'd bury it. Rabbi Yehuda, this is a thir- uh, third sheet, which is a middle sheet between Rameir and the Chachamim, and he says like this, it's a, it's a clear split. Tahirim, if it's an Azar Tahor, Kan Vikan Hayyim Whether they shaved inside the Beis HaMikdash, outside the Beis HaMikdash, the only point is, if he's a Tahor Nazir, they would send and put it under the pot. Tameyim, if it was a Tami Nazir, Kan Vikan Lohayyim whether he shaved inside or outside of the Beis HaMikdash, they would not send it under the pot in the base, pot under the, the korban. And this is not the, we didn't quote the sheet in our Mishnah, it's a third sheet that the Brisa quotes. But like the Tanakam of our Mishnah, the Chachamim are the most restrictive of putting it under the pot. Everyone would not put it under the dud. It means all scenarios would not be put. You need both positivities, that it was another tahor, as well as that he cut the hair in the base of Mikdash like the mitzvah properly. Because only in this case did he do the mitzvah fully and entirely properly. He was a Nazir Tahor, there was no Tumma involved, as well as he cut his hair in the Beis HaMikdash. But without any, without both positivities, he would not put his hair under the pot. And they, therefore, according to the Chachamim, is the most restrictive Shita, who is allowed to put the hair under the pot to be used as fuel. All the other ones, which have one of the negativities involved, or one of the downsides, would have to bury it. We're stopping here at the bottom of Mehemet Beis. Ezra Hashem, we'll pick up tomorrow with a new Mishnah.